Okay, thanks everybody and welcome to another edition of Conversations with Dr. Cowan and Friends. And today's friend is a fellow that I've talked to, I think a few times now, uh, George Weissman, who's the, uh, and by the way, George, I always tell people if I get anything wrong, just correct me when, when I'm done with this little bit. Uh, but I think you're the creator, owner, and founder of the AquaCure device. Is That I think is correct. And so we're going to hear about what this device is and what it may be able to do for you. And I've been using it now for four months, something like that. I don't know. something. And I use it every day. And pretty much all the water that I drink has had the uh, AquaCure stuff, which we'll hear what the stuff is, uh, bubbled into the water. But uh, George, I always tell some, I, I, I don't like introductions like you went to this school or whatever, because th that doesn't mean anything to me. But here's what does mean something to me. So the first time we talked, and I think it was somebody in a, in a comment on one of these podcasts said, oh, you should talk to George Weissman. He knows a lot about water or something. So I, I think I contacted you and then we had a conversation and I asked you what this was about and you said something and you said something to the effect of and it increases the electrons or something. And I said something to the effect of what if there aren't any electrons? Now that became like a decision tree for me because most people hearing that would say maybe either to themselves, but this guy is an idiot. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking to him. He doesn't even know whether there's electrons or not. And first of all, I would admit I don't know whether there's electrons or not. I've heard some very interesting uh, arguments that they don't really exist, that they're... Uh, maybe waveforms or something, uh, but I don't really know. But the point is, you didn't say that. I think you said, you know, that's interesting. And, and at, that at that point, I knew I was talking to somebody that I could talk to. Because I, I, I don't know whether I, there are electrons or not, actually. I can't, I've never done an experiment or looked into it. Uh, but just the fact that you knew both sides or knew enough to know maybe you don't know or you do know maybe you know there is or there isn't uh, but I think you get my point it's just you can you could see you could think and I tell you it's so rare these days that somebody can actually say so, or why did you think that right what made you come to that conclusion so then I heard about it and it was very interesting. And so, uh, again, correct me if I got anything wrong. But with that introduction, um, uh, tell us who you are. What is Brown's Gas? What is an AquaCure? Why would somebody be interested in this? And how do you use it? So with that, welcome and thanks very much. Tom, it's such a pleasure to be here and to talk with somebody who can think as well. I'll get into that a little bit more as we go Great. and how much Great. I appreciate it as well. Uh, we only have an hour and uh, and I've spent 30 plus years learning the, what I know at this particular moment so right. it's go by really quickly. <laughs> but I, I'm i a little different. I guess everybody's different, but my yeah. difference starts yeah. with uh, I grew up on a cattle ranch in uh, the middle of the of the boondocks. We, di we didn't even have radio. We were so far out. And so no electricity, obviously no internet in those days. Yeah. So it's quite amazing. I can talk with people. In fact, I usually do talk with people around the world. And I imagine you do as well on a daily basis these days. Yeah. But the, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and that is phenomenal to an old farm boy like me. In any case, I, um, <laughs> I, learned, I learned a lot about hard work. I, and even today, I get up at 3 a.m. in the morning and I'm, I was working until 8 p.m. at night until my wife said, why are we married? <laughs> Just a warm spot in the bed. <laughs> and what so, did you say? 
<laughs> I said, okay, I will try to stop at 5 p.m. So we have a few hours in the afternoon to be able to uh, be together. And that was actually a really good decision. Yeah. However, uh, to continue, um, I just, I have a, a thing going on here. Okay, so <clears throat> I usually start out with uh, saying something like, the world is currently in turmoil. There's health issues. There's food prices rising. There's uh, fuel prices rising, uh, food shortages, supply chain issues. What if there was a technology that would help people seldom get sick, help the body heal three times faster, save 50% on fuel, and you could make your own, you could make plants grow up to 10 times faster, actually. You could make your own fuel and uh, and even fish grow uh, three times faster. What if there was a technology that could uh, help the body heal from virtually every ailment known to man and be a fuel and a food? What if there was a technology that could do that? And that, that's what I'm going to introduce today. Got it. All right. So I, I started, uh, I, I became essentially a jack of all trades working on the ranch because anything that needed fixing, you just fixed it. There weren't any well, we didn't even have indoor plumbing at that particular time, but uh, uh, you need a veterinary, a, a mechanic, anything, you just did it. And I, as I, as I grew up, I loved going to school because you didn't have to work so hard when you went to school. <laughs> it was like a vacation. Right. So I took all the advanced courses that, the, that I could, and I had a good aptitude for that uh, without getting too much into that. The, I, I excelled. Uh, and when I got older and interested in girls, as a, as a rancher's son, I pretty much didn't have any money. And, I, and girls needed, you know, I, I figured they liked money. So I figured I could be a prospector or an inventor. So I decided I, I get, well, first prospecting was a lot of hard work as well. And I kind yeah. of wanted to get away from that if I could. So I decided to become an inventor and I developed uh, eventually a device that got 25% better fuel economy on 75% of vehicles, and that day it was carbureted vehicles. So, and it was only an hour hood up to hood down and cost only $15 in parts at the hardware store. Wow. So that uh, that launched my business as a self-employed inventor and I've never worked for anyone else again since then. Wow, So yeah, that, 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 did, that did really well. And I, I met girls. <laughs> uh, so in any case, that particular project also did it interesting thing I obviously I, I grew up essentially self-employed and I didn't really uh, know about patenting and anything but as as I learned very quickly on on things I, I was approached by one of these late night companies that have this uh, on television seen on TV kind of thing back in the day yeah. and because they heard about my fuel saver and that it worked and and they wanted to be able to advertise it on late night television and when they realized what it actually was, where anybody could just buy the stuff at a hardware store and I didn't have a patent, then they, they just dropped me like a hot rock because they, they wanted that um, control. Yeah. And so I decided that what I would do instead is write a book about it and, and teach people how to do this. Now, you have to understand at that particular time, I what, was- What, uh, what year are we talking about now? Um, that, was in, that was in the late, 1980s so it. call it 1989 that sort of yeah. thing so i was uh, so i wrote a book about it and because i i was just one person and even in my little town i had people booked uh they were they were lined up down my driveway i they were booked six months in advance and i was just one person i couldn't i couldn't do everything even in my own little town so i wrote a book and i've sold hundreds of thousands of copies of that particular book uh, and i and i've sent since written 24, 23 other titles. I have 24 altogether. So wow. uh, teaching people how to do the various things that I learned to do myself. And then I teach other people how to do it. Yeah. And some people have uh, taken the information like that particular book called The Carburetor Enhancer. Uh, one particular guy came, drove up in his RV. He said, and shook my hand. He said, see that RV? I employed two mechanics in my town and I made enough money to uh, retire, bought that RV, and I'm going on my retirement now. And I, my first stop was to shake your hand. 
Great. So that was an example of uh, quite a few people who have taken the technologies, which I have not patented, and uh, made a good living at it. Now, I personally yeah. have made a good living as well, and I. But I'm always trying to help people, and the patents. There's many reasons. I have 12 reasons why on my website, patents weren't just won't work for this type of uh, technologies. It's yeah. it's more detrimental than uh, helpful. So. I, I did have uh, seven government investigations of my business because I was selling fuel savers. And of course, fuel savers supposedly didn't work according to the uh, uh, accepted uh, narrative out there at the time. It seems like the government is just going through these narratives again and again. But the uh, obviously my technology did work and all the government investigations fell flat. Wow. And, and, and I stayed in business where a lot of my peers did not. Of course, some of them, were fuel saver frauds. And I tried to expose those as much as I could, telling people the truth about what was going on with the various technologies. So in the fuel saver business, I came across this thing called Brown's gas, which uh, was a, a mixture of hydrogen and oxygen. Essentially what you did is you put an onboard electrolyzer on the vehicle. So it was use the car's electricity, 12 volt electricity to split the water into hydrogen and oxygen and that, is that, that what an electrolyzer is? It splits water into hydrogen and oxygen. Yes, an electrolyzer splits um, various kinds of fluids, but a water electrolyzer, yeah, splits the yeah. water into hydrogen and oxygen. Okay, Got it. so the, um, and, and that increased the efficiency of combustion. Now I didn't call anything a fuel saver unless it increased combustion, uh, um, fuel mileage by at least 25%. And this just qualified. So the, uh, so I was experimenting with this technology and I heard that it was called Brown's gas and that Brown's gas, if used in a torch uh, to replace acetylene, for example, could weld uh, tungsten to plastic. And as an inventor, I, I really wanted that kind of technology in my shop. I, I pretty much had every kind of technology that I could, uh, or tool that I could have because, and learn these skills because I build things that aren't off the shelf. You could, yeah. I had to build them. So the um, so that really interested me, but they wanted three hundred thousand dollars for a machine at that particular time. So Brown's <laughs> gas is that. a kind of a fuel, then, or that's what it, that's your first encounter with it. My first encounter is a, it's a combustible gas. A combustible, combustible it's gas. a hydrogen oxygen mixture. Uh, in this case, a stoichiometric mixture, which means it's exactly two parts hydrogen to one part oxygen, which is the perfect combust uh, combustibility. Um, uh, ratio. So that's why it's called stoichiometric. So the, uh, so you, I was using it in internal combustion engine. I started making these, what I called water torches, which would make enough uh, gas to actually um, uh, power or fuel a, a, an acetylene torch with the Brown's gas instead of the acetylene. And I sold hundreds of those. And so instead of buying that $300,000 device, I, as an inventor went and, and gathered all the information I could about Brown's gas and started building my own. I did thousands of experiments back in the early 90s, uh, experimenting with all different kinds of designs of electrolyzers and uh, and conditions and electrolytes. And I, I, I really put it through the mill. And I, at that particular time, I had an angel investor that, that uh, sponsored a lot of the research until I got on my own feet and started selling these machines and sold hundreds of them around the world. Uh, the fuel savers, I sold many thousands of them. And then in 1996, one of my customers who had bought a uh, water torch for the uh, fueling of the uh, acetylene torch got back to me and said there, uh, that he had cured a melanoma on his forehead. He had he'd actually had a, a cancer that uh, what he did is he, he bubbled the brown's gas through the water, and then he took that water and put it on a cotton ball you know, in a plastic cap and taped it to his uh, melanoma and just re-wet that several times a day. And in three weeks time, he claimed that, that it was entirely gone. So the skin didn't show any kind of uh, cancer at all anymore. It was gone. And I didn't believe him. So essentially what, what you were making was a gas that was bubbled into water. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So at, at, at that time, I was making a gas that I was using as a flame. Now yeah. that customer bubbled it in water. Got it. Now, I thought that was kind of a unique idea. And as an inventor, my, 
I try to keep an open mind, okay? <laughs> so I can at least discuss things. I may believe one thing or another, but I have learned that what you see and what you understand isn't necessarily what is. And as an inventor, I have to work with what is, and I have to have a working hypothesis. I have to understand at least some idea of what's going on. And I've also discovered that the more I understand something, the more simple I can make it. I can yeah. get right to its essence and not have a lot of Rube Goldberg kind of stuff going on. So the it, so that comes back to being able to have a discussion with somebody that I don't necessarily know or agree what they're saying, but I but I listen to them anyway because things have come to me through very weird ways. And in this particular case, a guy taking a combustible gas and bubbling it in water to apply to a cancer on his forehead. Who would think of that? Yeah. Yeah, but he did, and it worked. Do you know why he thought of that? No idea. No idea. No idea whatsoever. However, 1996, that happened. So I put out to my thousands of people who were on my email list at that particular time that this was a possible application of the gas, um, because even though I didn't believe it, and I didn't do it myself, I, I put out the information. And people started to report back uh, testimonials on, on what was going on. Uh, they were trying it themselves, uh, drinking the water, uh, uh, treating their skin, uh, doing various things. And the, the things that started to, that they were reporting were quite amazing. And I kind of collected those testimonials off to the side. I still have a box of them someplace. And <laughs> because at that time there still wasn't email. That was yeah. that, that kind of thing just in the mid to late nineties started to become something that, that uh, was around. So yeah. the, uh, I, it took until uh, 2005, 2005, 1996 to 2005 before I even drank the bubbled water myself. And this I is was, water bubbled with, with people using it as a, for the torch, essentially. Well, the, they had the torches at that yeah. particular time, they had electrolyzers that were designed for using it as a torch. And yeah. then, so instead of uh, lighting the flame, they would just bubble the gas in the water. Yeah. That's right. So at that yeah. time, that's that's the level the technology was then. And that was be, that was long before all the kinds of things that the Me Too's you see jumping on the bandwagon these days. But in 2005, I decided, you know what? I, these people are telling me all these things, I'm gonna try it. So for two years, 2005 to 2007, I, I drank the bubbled water myself. And interestingly enough, I didn't notice too much difference, except that I didn't get sick. I, which was a big thing for me because every winter I would get at least a cold or a flu at least three times a winter. So wow. I spent a lot of time sniffling and coughing and feverish and, and what have you. Three times a winter, it was like clockwork. Two winters, not got sick at all. Not even, not even a sniffle. I was yes, this is pretty good. I like this a lot. Right. So I, 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 I modified one of my electrolyzers that I call the ER50. It, put, it was made by Eagle Research and put out 50 liters an hour of, uh, of Brown's gas. So I modified that tabletop version so people wouldn't have to spend uh, several thousand dollars buying a great big machine when all they needed to do was bubble some water. And then I sold many thousands of those particular ones. I, where I was actually promoting bubbling it in water. And that's when uh, Tyler DeBaron, for example, of the Molecular Hydrogen Institute, uh, he was still an intern at that particular time, but studying hydrogen for health before he went to Japan. And he got a hold of me and, and did some consultation. Uh, so uh, what I'm saying is way back in the beginning, I, I was involved in all of this that is now developed. Uh, it's now a couple, more than a decade, almost two decades uh, yeah. hence. And Brown's so the, gas yeah. is just the name for uh, electrolyzed water, i.e. hydrogen and oxygen split and, and in the form of a gas. Is that right? Okay, let's, let's just back up just a little bit here. That's a good question. Brown's gas differs from what I call oxyhydrogen. Because if you go on Wikipedia, you're going to see the people, the editors that don't believe in Brown's gas, they just think it's a mixture of hydrogen and oxygen, which they call oxyhydrogen. And doesn't matter how much proof I have uh, put out to them, they they absolutely refuse to publish it. <laughs> so, 
So let's, uh, I, I do have a, uh, um, a couple of websites. One is called uh, eagle-research.life. And on that website, you, there's uh, frequently asked questions or my .com, eagle-research.com website, frequently asked questions. One of the questions is, what is Brown's guess? So if you go to that uh, question, you'll, you'll see all the documentation of what I'm talking about right now. So when you split, you have an electrolyzer with two electrodes. One is a cathode, one is an anode. Cathode has negative electricity, anode has positive electricity. The, uh, when you have electricity running through the electrolyzer, which has an electrolyte in the middle, uh, which we use a lye solution as the electrolyte. So electricity is running from the cathode through the electrolyte to the anode and then back to the uh, voltage source, whatever that is. So on the hydrogen side, on the cathode, you're making a hydrogen. And then on the uh, anode, you're making oxygen. And normally there's a membrane in the middle so that the oxygen goes out one hose and the hydrogen goes out the other. That's what I call a traditional Faraday electrolyzer. Yes. So in a Brown's gas electrolyzer, we have no membrane in the middle. Yeah. And an interesting thing happens. An electron bridge forms across between the two electrodes and electrons running through this bridge actually get stuffed into water. So water itself, H2O, is soaking up it's sucking up electrons, getting soaked with electrons until it becomes a gaseous form of water, which is not water vapor or steam. It's a plasma form of water, a negatively charged plasma form of water. And so this third gas, you've got, first of all, your hydrogen, second of all, your oxygen. And now this, what I call EXW, electrically expanded water, this plasma form of water comes right out of the fluid, not off the plates, not oxygen, not hydrogen, but right out of the middle of the fluid. And there's pictures that uh, show that particular thing happening. So people can see the gas coming right out of the fluid, not connected to either of the plates. Got it. So is that what we call H2O3? No, that's hydrogen. Uh, uh, that's, uh, sorry, that's misnamed the fourth phase of water by George, uh, uh, Jerry, excuse me, Jerry Pollock um, and uh, Professor Gerald Pollock. And he's, uh, he, he and I have worked quite a lot together recently yeah. since 2019 with the uh, Brown's gas and the electrically expanded water. The yeah. electrically expanded water is the fourth phase of water. So yeah. you've got a solid, which is ice, liquid, which is uh, water, your, your gaseous form, which is water vapor or steam. And last, you have your plasma form, which is the electrically expanded water. Plasma yeah. is an electron rich uh, form of uh, uh, matter. Now, again, we can get into electrons and, and all of the energies and that kind of thing, but the working hypothesis we can we can say yeah. because we're we're yeah. seeming to be able to uh, measure these various things with voltmeters and stuff, which actually comes to an important point. Science, a lot of scientists say, if we can't measure it, it doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> you and I know that that is incorrect. That is incorrect. if you can't measure it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It just means you can't measure it. Right. As an inventor. I work with a lot of things that you can't measure. And one of these things right now, we're trying to find a way to measure it. The University of Washington's working with me on that to measure this electrically expanded water. We can measure the side effects of it. It's like measuring magnetism. You can't see or feel magnets, but you can, you can measure the, uh, the, the effect of it. Yeah. And so just because you can't measure something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Now right. we can show that it does exist because of the, the extra volume, for example, my electrolyzers put out 130% gas. Obviously, there's no such thing as greater than 100%. So where's this extra 30% coming from? Now, we're measuring, you're putting in a certain amount of electricity, and the Faraday equations say that there will be a certain amount of gas evolved from your electrolyzer. There's a theoretical 100% of gas that can evolve with a certain amount of electricity. So when you get 130% gas coming off, this is one of the first things I, I noticed back in the early 19. 90s was uh, I was making more gas than I should. And I came up with various theories. I wrote the Brown's Gas Book One on that. And it turns out I was wrong. I, my theory was wrong. It, I was able to later prove that I was wrong. And in Brown's Gas Book Two, I correct those sort of things. So the, uh, but the idea is that we have this third gas being formed. And I never saw this third gas until about 1996 when. I had a little transparent electrolyzer and I, and I saw this gas forming in the middle 
between the electrodes, I'd never seen anything like that in physics class. So I, I immediately knew that, or, or theorized that that's where the extra volume of gas was coming from. It wasn't hydrogen, it wasn't oxygen, it was still water, H2O. And if you do a spectrographic analysis, that's what it'll show up as, is H2O. But if you dry the gas, so there's no water moisture, and do a spectrographic analysis, the H2O is still there. There's still H2O, which is because it's a plasma form of, uh, of gas. It doesn't condense when you cool it kind of thing. All right, let so, me see if I got this. So, I, uh, so essentially by using uh, electricity and these uh, cathode and anode plates, you're creating this, um, this uh, liberated oxygen and hydrogen, which go into the water solution and create a different form of water than was present in the bulk water. And that is this plasma water, which is equivalent to what we call the fourth phase of water. And that's essentially what's happening there. Is that right or no? Okay, what you're, what I think what you're normally associating the fourth phase of water is the uh, H3O2. Yeah. And that, that is, uh, that's actually a gel, not, not water. So if you're looking in uh, the, it's between a solid and a liquid. Right. So if the exclusion zone water is actually exclusion zone, easy gel. Okay. Yeah. What uh, the, in the electrolyzer that's making the Brown's gas, you have your hydrogen and your oxygen, which are entirely separate from the electrically expanded water, which is the fourth uh, actual fourth phase of water, which is the, I call it EXW or expanded uh, water, electrically expanded water. So, um, and that's formed, it has nothing to do with the hydrogen or oxygen. It's formed in the water itself with this electron bridge, which uh -huh. the electron bridge was actually uh, uh, proven by uh, Chut Yi in uh, China. Yeah. He, um, he, he had, he had uh, Jerry Pollack, were, uh, he, he spoke at the same water conference that I did in uh, uh, Germany at that particular time. <laughs> it's interesting, his talk was just before mine. I had no idea what he was going to uh, talk about. And as I sat there watching it, I realized this was exactly what I was talking about, of how this was exact explanation of how it could happen. And he had all the uh, experiments and pictures and, and uh, math and everything that showed this electron bridge that, that, that I was just explaining. Got it. So this electron bridge, having nothing to do with the hydrogen and oxygen that are forming on the a cathode and anode, uh, is the electron stuffing into the water, into the water. So it's electricity directly associating with water, having nothing to do with the hydrogen and oxygen that are being generated uh, separately from that. So it's a third gas entirely separate from the Faraday equations. Got and this it. is why you can have a gas, that, uh, a mixture of gases that is more volume than you should have when yeah. you calculate Faraday equations. So okay. you can almost think of it as a side effect of the, uh, of the, of the process. Yeah. Almost like the heat that's uh, generated when you're making uh, electrolysis, you'll end up with some excess heat. And that's again, a side effect of the, uh, of the process. So as gas is formed as a side effect is the process. Yeah. So that's what Brown's gas is, those three major gases. Now you do happen to have water vapor and a small amount of monatomic oxygen and hydrogen as well. So there's yeah. six different constituents that all together, when they come out the single hose, that then and that's why the original inventor of Brown's gas was William Rhodes. He called it single ducted gas back in the early 1960s. Now I happened to meet William Rhodes, which who, who was a true rocket scientist. We we got on great. He was an amazing man. Had and he probably had a hundred patents to his name. So he certainly did things in a different way than I did, and even up to a few years before his death. Um, he, he was still consulting with NASA, for example. And it turns out that his notes, his development of the electrolyzer uh, back in the early 1960s and mine in the independently developed were almost exactly identical. We, we, came, we went through the same process to come up with the, uh, what we now call Brown's gas. Now, back then they didn't even call it Rose gas. He just called it single ducted gas. And Yule Brown used his patents and, and knowledge to develop uh, Yule Brown. And that's why we call it Brown's gas is because Yule Brown took 30 years of his life, the last 30 years of his life, um, making his own machines and, and promoting this gas, this single ducted gas worldwide. 
And yeah. over in Asia, they've really taken it to heart. Right about that time, China, for example, just went gangbusters, building cities of, for millions of people and that kind of thing. And they developed this, this technology right into it. And in fact, um, this latest insanity uh, that's been happening this last couple of years, uh, Brown's gas is the number one treatment in China. Number one. Wow. It's not even known right. or recognized. So, so now we know that there's this gas formed uh, and it, it's associated with a, with a unusual special form of the water, right? We got that. Okay, that, that now, what happens next? Okay. Now, that unusual form of the water helped internal combustion engines uh, get yeah. better fuel economy. It helped uh, uh, torches cut steel 30% faster with a lot less fuel and a lot less cost. The people that are doing it uh, like my own on my own shop, it's only 2% of the cost to use Brown's gas instead of acetylene. Plus wow. you don't have any bottle uh, storage or bottle demarge charges or anything like that. No bottle rentals or anything. That's what they, the kind of thing they did in, in Asia. And then once they started realizing it could be used for health purposes, they actually started using my machines to, uh, to do that. There were clinics over there that were buying my machines and, and using it for health purposes. And they patented it in Asia wow. using my machines on, the, on their patent. So it, all of that can be done if you, if you search for something called um, um, Brown's Gas for Health. Because Brown's Gas for Health, my, my page will pop up with a bunch of videos and, uh, and, and interesting things that I was doing back in the uh, uh, early, well, I'll call it the mid 2000s at, at this particular point. Uh, so essentially then you, you said, okay, this gas uh, bubbled into water or we're gonna talk about that, I think breathed, uh, has incredible health benefits. So I'm gonna make a machine that makes this gas so people can use it, right? That's right. the next step. That's, that's the next step. Right. Okay, so um, in 2007, that's what I did is I, I, I took it and, and started making the machine that people could uh, bubble the gas in water. And then people were asking me, can we inhale the gas? So from 2007 to uh, December of 2016, I was telling 2015, excuse me, December of 2015, I was, I was telling people, no, it's not a good idea to inhale the gas because I knew the gas as a combustible gas, a right. perfect stoichiometric mixture of hydrogen and oxygen, the most explosive gas on the planet. Okay, it, 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 short of nuclear explosion, the, the, like when they do air fuel bombs, for example, if you watch the show Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman, it will show the, um, uh, an application of the uh, hydrogen air fuel bomb that they yeah. use to just wipe out cities. So the, uh, and of course there's no nuclear uh, radiation or fallout or anything like that from that. So it's, it's, it's a nice technology for that sort of thing. Anyway, getting back to the, uh, uh, what's happening, I was wrong again. Okay, now I've been wrong many, many times. As an inventor, I actually am wrong 99% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Because you're always trying something, but you don't understand something unless you try to change it. And the 1% of times that I'm right, then I can capitalize on that and do things that people otherwise say couldn't be done. So we get in December of uh, 2015, a customer sends me a video of a Korean hydrogen bar that's using Brown's gas, where people come in and they put the uh, cannula on their on themselves like this. Yeah. So now, like I am, they're inhaling the Brown's gas for a few minutes, just like. Uh, they buy a, a treatment like this, like we go buy a cup of coffee at Starbucks or something. So the, so I realized, I, God, it is an idiot again that I am. When you mix the gas with enough air, and I knew this for years, I knew this, but I didn't think of it this way. When you mix the gas with enough air, it becomes non-combustible. There's a combustion limit of hydrogen and air, it, uh, up till 4.7% hydrogen and air is non-combustible. And then over 97% is non-combustible as well. There's not enough oxygen. But there's a wide combustibility range. But as long as you keep it under 4.7% hydrogen, you can inhale the gas and not worry about having an explosion in your lungs. Right. So I realized I did a lot of math and calculations and, and what have you in the 
when I, from December of uh, 2015 until March of 2016. And so what you're, and, inhaling, uh, what you're inhaling then is a low concentration of mostly hydrogen. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Now I, I adjust it. So I'm inhaling about a 2% mixture, which there are now thousands of studies out there. 2% mixture the, of hydrogen. Correct. In the, rest in the of air that I'm air, just ambient air. Correct. Correct. Exactly. So the uh, so I decided okay I would modify that uh, ER50 which was used to bevel water and I would uh, inhale the gas and I actually in uh, March of um, 2016 uh, this is it, I'm sorry it's a little difficult to explain because I'm sure. people. I, I knew about Brown's Gas for Health starting in, in, uh, just in uh, 1996. At my, uh, you could say God told me. I was informed by the universe that, uh, that it was healthful gas. I didn't start inhaling until, uh, or started drinking the water until uh, 2005. At this point in, um, in 2015, in December of 2015, I didn't uh, actually do any more work with it until March of 2016 because my wife, my late wife, was very, very sick with uh, a severe form of lupus. It turns out that uh, she she never she never would drink the water because it it raised the pH slightly, and she was you know, her sister-in-law told her not to drink it, so she didn't drink it. So I was drinking the water, but my late wife was not. But in the meantime. For the last 10 years before that, she had been getting very sick, sicker and sicker and sicker until the point in, uh, let's call it uh, 2013, I was her 24-7 caretaker. And my business uh, pretty much failed. Uh, going forward from that, I became $300,000 in debt. I, I couldn't be away from her for more than a half an hour at a time. I, I, I had to carry her to the toilet. I, I had to adjust her in bed. She couldn't even roll over in bed. Uh, by December of 2016 wow. without assistance. So I was doing all the cooking, shopping, everything. I couldn't work. That was my life. And, and I loved her and she even begged me to let her go. As you can imagine, somebody, she was an amazing woman, a multimedia artist. Uh, by this time she had gone blind. She'd lost her hair, uh, which she really loved her hair. So it was probably good. <laughs> she couldn't see. Um, it was, it was terrible. And so I can honestly and sincerely say when somebody is that ill, it isn't just the person that's ill that suffers, it's their entire support network yeah. that suffers. So this is the kind of condition that I was in when, and I was very sleep deprived as well, as you can probably imagine, yeah. uh, when this video came in and I realized that I was a, a stupid idiot and I had been advising people that they shouldn't be inhaling the gas all of that time. In March of 2016, my late wife died. And at that point, within a couple of weeks or so, I managed to get up off the couch and go over and set up the experiment that I had pre-planned to inhale the gas from my ER50. So the, because at that particular time, quite frankly, I didn't care if I lived or died. I just, frank, I had no life. My life was gone. So, and I'm sure you're, you're, you're aware of some of these type of things, like how grief can affect a person. In any case, I, um, I, I set up a video camera in front of myself. And if you go to the uh, eagle-research.life, L-I-F-E website, and go to about me, you'll see this story. And you'll see, you can click on the video and you can see me inhaling the gas for the first time, 15 minutes, about uh, 6.30 at night. Uh, and I figured if something went wrong, at least there would be a video of my stupidity. Explosion. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. But I decided I would I would try that because I, I had to get on with my life. I had to do something. So that's what I did. And I didn't sleep that night. I was absolutely alert and awake all night, which is very disconcerting for me because I can usually fall asleep against a rock, literally. Yeah. So the... <laughs> But uh, somehow the gas affected my body in such a way that I was just alert, not like coffee. I was just alert with no coffee buzz or anything like that. So 
uh, so I started inhaling in the mornings instead of at night until and by my this body time got... you had turned it down under the four percent, right? Right, right. And I explain on the video how I did that so that they yeah. that made it very clear and tried to be as safe as I could. But uh, it, and there we go. So if you look at that video, compare that face with the one you're seeing right now on the screen, you'll see that I actually look younger now than I did then. It, it was pretty, it's pretty dramatic. I'm, I, it's like my, my age is reversed by 15 or 20 years. It's wow. pretty, pretty phenomenal. I'm stronger now than I was when I was 40 years old. And wow. I really don't exercise much. It, it's it, the, the, the hydrogen helps the muscles uh, tighten up and, and, and keep their strength. So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And there's, there's lots of more on, on that subject is how the things have happened because in the next few weeks, I started, uh, a lot of things started happening to my body that I had no idea would possibly happen. I wasn't doing it to be healthy. I was doing it to prove that it was safe. That yeah. was all I wanted to do is prove that it was safe. And I did that. Or not but then, safe. <laughs> or, or not safe. That's right. Exactly. So, uh, and as I said before, I try things on myself first, and then I, I write the books about them and, and things like that. So, and people can get my Brown's guest book too, and build these electrolyzers that they, they can see there. They can build them themselves. They don't have to uh, um, be for me or, or from me or, or any of the YouTubes that are out there as well. They can build it themselves. So the, um, the Brown's guest started to do a long list of things for me. Now I should uh, regress just one second and, and say some of the things that I've learned about hydrogen for health. First of all, our bodies are 62% hydrogen by volume, not by weight. Hydrogen is a very light molecule, but by volume we're 62% hydrogen, 24% oxygen, 12% carbon, and 2% everything else. Now everything else is important, but do you think the 2% is more important than the 62%? Right. <laughs> I don't. So the, uh, your, your hydrogen is your most important macronutrient. Where do we get it from? We can't inhale it like we do with oxygen. We, we get it from our food, hydrocarbon food. Our, uh, the food that we're eating has a lot of hydrogen in it, but it's all tied up. So our digestive system becomes extremely important. We start chewing the food, uh, which puts some enzymes in there. It goes through the acid bath in the stomach. It goes through the bile and what have you in the small intestine. But because the hydrogen bonds, hydrogen carbon bonds are very, very strong, it doesn't happen until the uh, big intestine, just before the, the uh, stuff is ejected from you, there's a, a, a type of bacteria in there, it's supposed to be a type of bacteria, that after all of this catalytic action and enzymes and stuff that has weakened the bonds, this bacteria finally breaks the bonds between the uh, hydrogen and oxygen and the, or sorry, hydrogen carbon, and the hydrogen goes out into your, through your colon, into your bloodstream. So you're, you're actually Is breathing. Free hydrogen or hydrogen gas or hydro hydrogen, or hydrogen gas. in water? No, it's hydrogen gas. It's, hydrogen it's actually gas. free hydrogen and gas going through the colon walls into the bloodstream. Now they yeah. can measure that, um, that hydrogen that's in the, in the blood. And there's a, quite a bit of studies on that we can get to if we happen to have time. But the, uh, the point is that most people don't have that bacteria anymore. This microbiome that's in your intestines is vital to your health. And one of the vital things to your health is to get the hydrogen. And if you don't have that particular type of bacteria that are very efficient in breaking the hydrogens from the carbons, then you become hydrogen deficient. The first thing that happens when you're hydrogen deficient is your body starts shutting down extraneous systems that aren't immediately life-threatening. And the first one, now just imagine if you're getting hypothermia, your body is really knows how to survive. In hypothermia, your body will shut off uh, blood flow to your extremities to preserve core temperature, for example, okay? So a similar thing happens when you don't have enough nutrition of some particular thing, your body shuts down things that it doesn't need immediately. The first one that goes is your regeneration systems. So if you scar instead of uh, healing your skin, for example, if you, and so if anybody has a scar on their body, is probably hydrogen deficient. I'll get back to that in a minute. The next thing it starts to shut down if you're still hydrogen deficient is your immune systems. So you get sick easier. And then the last thing that starts to shut down is your organs and you die. So if you don't have enough hydrogen, then this is the cascade of things that, that happens over a long period of time. And a lot of people call this aging. It's one of the major reasons of aging is simply 
a, a lack of nutrition. So we get back to what happened to me. My, uh, I started inhaling the hydrogen and the first thing that happened was the, my psoriasis went away. Now I didn't even realize I had psoriasis. I thought that thick peeling skin on my elbows, knees and feet was calluses because I grew up on a cattle ranch and that's how my skin was back in the day. So the, uh, the skin, large parts of my skin just started to flake off like a snake shedding its, its uh, skin, which was very disconcerting, except that underneath was baby smooth skin, beautiful skin. So, so I kind of just lived with that as this uh, peeled off. And then I, uh, I went to a doctor for, uh, I, I was doing some stuff that needed a full medical for, and I told him that I had a heart murmur because I'd had a heart murmur all of my life. And he says, no, you don't. Yeah. So here I was over 60 years old and, and a heart murmur I'd had is gone. Um, so my organs, like my skin and my, and my heart uh, were healing. Next thing that happened was my, all my warts disappeared. I had hand warts and a planter's wart and, uh, and they were gone. So wart, uh, viruses, a combination but, of breathing and drinking water. That, yes. Yeah. Yes. Some of the things are best treated as are, as are being discovered by the drinking of the water. Some are best it, done by the inhalation. But for me, the only thing that really I didn't happen was I didn't get sick. I still had my hand warts. I still had my uh, neuropathy. Neuropathies were still advancing. I'd lost the feeling in the fronts of my legs and my uh, and palm of my left hand. Um, I, I was still, all these things were, I saw my psoriasis and, and bad eyesight yeah. and all that kind of stuff. That was still advancing, even though I was drinking the water. It wasn't until I started inhaling the gas that all these other things started to uh, resolve. And then the, the, the last thing, I, I'm, as I'm saying, is my body's regeneration system came back online. So my organs, my immune system, and my regeneration system, and I know the regeneration system came online because, for example, I used to have a large scar on my forehead where I was an idiot using a regular socket on an air wrench instead of an air wrench socket and it came off and, and slammed me in the head. It's lucky it didn't kill me. Uh, but I had a large scar here and I had many scars on my body at growing up on a cattle ranch and doing stupid things. So the, uh, in any case, all my scars were gone. So that was stem cells. The only way you can regenerate skin. Skin has a lot of different things going on with it and uh, with all the nerves and what have. And of course, all my neuropathies disappeared. And, yeah. and even more recently, after inhaling for a few years, it was three years in, I realized that I was washing my toes in the shower, standing on one foot and washing my toes without leaning against the wall. I had lost my balance before to the point where I had to lean against a wall or sit down, down to do things. And I don't have to do that anymore. I had regained my balance. So it was, it was, the things that were healing inside me are, are pretty incredible. And, and this how, is continuing how often did, per time. day or so did you breathe the gas? That's a good question. Uh, at first, I was inhaling the gas about an hour a day during the during that particular time that I'm that I'm talking about. Now I inhale the gas at least six hours a day, because wow. most of the time I'm sitting at my computer or someplace where I can do that. And quite frankly, I I'm so enthusiastic about this. I just want as much as I can get, and it's no problem for people. Uh, to inhale it at, like oxygen at night when they're when they're sleeping, so they so they can get all the inhaling that they want in. And we've discovered, for example, with Parkinson's, the longer you do it in a day, the better. For maximum therapeutic value, the longer you can keep your blood saturated with the hydrogen, the more healing is going to happen. So that, and and the things that it's, it it can be doing with uh, ALS and Parkinson's and and these various. Uh, and various autoimmune diseases is amazing. So yeah, tell us a little about what you've seen since there with people inhaling and drinking the water. Yeah, uh, which actually brings me to that other point that I, I was wanting to make is that as bad as it was when I was in grief with the uh, with the uh, Browns gas, and this is this is I'm going to tell you the secret of why I'm so passionate about this gas, not only okay. from my own health. I loved this woman, my late wife, very much. And as I started to go through the process of uh, making the machine so that people could inhale and getting the machines out there and telling people how to inhale, uh, hundreds of machines were going out. At that particular time, a, a few months in, a woman got back in touch with me 
who had lupus symptoms. And her lupus symptoms with inhalation were resolved in three weeks time. She had lost her lupus completely. She was healthy in three weeks time. That absolutely floored me that I literally was laying on the floor and couldn't get up. I had lost the strength to move because I had a technology from 1996, I was told, that could have, most certainly would have, resolved all of the pain and suffering that, yeah. that we went through, my late wife and I. In my own shop, I had this technology. Wow. And we, we, we did everything. There wasn't anything that we weren't doing. There was no expense spared to try to find a, a mitigation for her lupus. And I had the tech technology in my own shop. Wow, that's, yeah. I could, I, I, again, I lost the will to live at that particular point. I just simply, I, I, I'd have my chest was hurting so bad and I'd realize I hadn't even breathed. I, I forgot to breathe. It was so bad. Got it. And the only way I could get up off that floor was to make a, a decision that I would do my damnedest to make sure that no one else, if I had anything to say about it, would go through that kind of pain ever again. Yeah. So it's my goal to put one of these things and it doesn't matter if people buy it from me or build it themselves, get Brown's gas into every home. It will revolutionize medicine as we know it. And it's really because essentially hydrogen is, uh, essentially the point is hydrogen is the primary nutrient and the primary regulator of inflammation and probably detoxification and so if you if you're deficient in it you're going to have trouble and if you're not deficient in it you're going to heal and you figured out a safe and effective way of delivering hydrogen gas at a reasonable price, basically. That's essentially what happened here. Yes, yes. So one of the things that happened, and this has been uh, uh, um, confirmed with various doctors, is when I was inhaling, I, I actually lost my grief. It, it's, it's hard to become despondent when your body is really healthy. And, yeah. uh, and my libido came back. Was, right. and, I mean, it really came back. I was, it was like a teenager again. So it's very hard to grieve when you're, you're looking at women and wanting to have sex. So the, it was, it was quite an interesting year for me in 2016. And I did meet a woman who by 2017, I married and I, I am remarried and having a wonderful wife. Uh, she's, she's not my old wife, my late wife. She's a, uh, we're, we have a different life now. That was an old life. Now we have a new life. Yeah. And she's, um, she's amazing. And she told me, nobody's going to buy that contraption that looks like a bunch of plumbing parts and have it in their living room. <laughs> yeah. She said, you better put a hood on it and make it look nice. So I, I did a lot of research uh, as quickly as I could. And I came up, that's how the, the beginning of the AquaCure came about. Yeah. Instead of yeah. the ER Let's 50, talk about that you know, for here, yes. So I have uh, 30 plus years of experience building uh, water electrolyzers. I, and I know things that people out there just don't know. And there's a bunch of things that are built into this AquaCure, not only for safety and functionality for current uses of what I call the four protocols, but also uh, there's two other protocols that are, that are built in the, that the machine can do that I'm going to introduce as soon as I can come up with the attachments for the machines. So all the AquaCures that are out there can do all six of these protocols. Uh, and, and again, it's gonna revolutionize everything. So the first two protocols are what I call the uh, um, uh, external ones where you can put the bubbled water on your skin or you can put the browns cast itself on your skin using a bag uh, or a, a cup or something like that. And then and, the, and and when you do it, you just take the lid off the second thing and put that in a in a in a the drinking water that you're going to use, right? No, you can just the uh, second thing, which uh, I 
I have over there. The uh, the, the drinking water oh. jar. Yeah, the, what you do is you simply uh, right. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. You're simply taking the uh, cannula hose, disconnecting it from the drinking water jar, and putting the uh, cup hose onto the drinking water jar. So the gas is now going to the cup, and yeah. you can either put that hose into a plastic bag, like. It's absolutely fantastic for things like uh, carpal tunnel syndrome. In 10 minutes of uh, treatment of carpal tunnel syndrome, the pain is entirely gone. It's, it's astonishing. That's one of the things that happens really fast. Some things happen uh, very slowly uh, over time because as the body heals, but uh, curing inflammation, uh, uh, mitigating in inflammation, it, it happens really quickly. Got it. So, the, uh, so yes, that's the external. And when you do it externally, you're deciding what gets healed. For example, I had arthritis in my hands. Now I have full strength and flexibility in my hands uh, where I didn't have before. And all you have to do is put a glove on, like a, a latex glove, and uh, put the gas in there so that it, it's like your, get, your fingers are just absorbing the hydrogen right through the skin. Got so the, uh, and, and that helps take care of the, mitigate the uh, inflammation and all that kind of thing. So when you do the outside, uh, you decide where it's going to go. But if you're inhaling or you're drinking the water, then your body decides what's yeah. going to get heated. And at that point, you, you may have arthritis and you may be drinking the water thinking you're going to get rid of the arthritis. And it's not getting rid of, well, it's probably because your body is trying to heal something else that it considers to be more important at, yeah. as far as you, have, helping you live longer and, and better. Which, by the way, the Brown's guess in the mouse studies and stuff, the rodent studies, are showing a minimum of a 30% healthful life extension, up to 50% in the ones that were concluded normally. But there was this one rat study where the rats just weren't dying. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they actually euthanized the rats because the study ended, they ran out of funding. And, and so they have no idea how long those rats would have uh, survived. And this was drinking anyway. the water or breathing no, that was inhaling the gas. It, it, they were drinking the water, which was bubbled in, the, in their little uh, dispensers. But the uh, what they had is a, like a terrarium that they maintained a 2% hydrogen environment that, that they were inhaling. Yes. So there's like, you can't put cannulas on the little rodents. They just yeah. won't. <laughs> they don't like it. Yeah. So, so in any case, these are the wonderful things that the aquacure can do. And uh, so then... Uh, again, I'm back in the situation where I was with the uh, carburetor enhancer. I have people lined up. I'm, I'm building machines as fast as I can, and I'm selling every machine I can make. So I'm now in a situation where, and this is where I, I, I really appreciate when I'm able to talk with large audiences, I want to help other people build these machines. Got it. So instead of being like an Elon Musk and making a, a gigafactory, making these particular machines, I want to have a life, <laughs> but I want these machines to get out there everywhere. So what I've, do, I've done is I've made a course and in about two months time, the course will be ready, uh, hopefully by the end of June. But the uh, uh, 2022, by the way, in case somebody's looking at this in 23 or 24, yeah. but the uh, um, so that people can take this, I'll charge $10,000 for the course and I'll teach them everything that I know about how to build an AquaCure where to get the stuff, everything. So that, that way there'll be little mini factories starting up. And it, even if you're building one a week, you're gonna make a pretty good, you know, be able to pay your bills and stuff. And people that can make 10 a day, they, they'll make a seven figure income. You wow. know, you don't, need to, you don't need to have a lot going on and it, it's all can be done in a, in a regular uh, one car garage kind of thing, if necessary. So you don't need to have a lot of overhead. You do have, need to have some tools and skills but I teach as much of that as I can so that people can duplicate what I'm doing. And that way I can start little mini factories all over the world. And there are already people signing up for this course all over the world so that in every country, they'll be able to be made there. So instead of a single uh, place like I have right now, where I'm sending them out all over the world, but I'm really the only technician and, the, and of course the assemblers in my shop. So people, there aren't technicians to fix these machines, but if we have little factories all over the place, now there's technicians that can fix this technology everywhere. So right. that, and if this, somebody wants to buy an AquaCure now because they don't want to wait or they don't feel like they can make it, how do they go about doing that? 
Yeah, then, then you would go into my website, the uh, eagle-research.life, L-I-F-E. So eagle like the bird, and then a dash mark and research.life. And, and you can, that I, I, I made that website off to the side of my, my big website of .com because then it just, it just has the Browns gas for health kind of stuff off to that side. Yeah. And people don't have to look through all my other inventions and, and right. what have you to do that. So if you go to the dot life website and I've set up a, a coupon code called Cowan, C-O-W-A-N, yeah. uh, people will get a 20% discount if they, uh, if they buy using that discount code. Uh, code. Great. And my machines have a one year satisfaction guarantee. If you, if you aren't, if you don't like the color. <laughs> you could right. you could use it for a year and return it and uh, and you'll get your money back Got it. and i have a lifetime warranty so the people that buy the machine know that all parts shipping and labor if anything goes wrong with that machine that's manufacturer error i will fix it parts labor shipping the whole bit you not when you buy the machine you're buying a working machine and it's going to be there for decades got that's it. the plan got it and i i know i i you helped me set mine up and it's actually pretty easy and any questions are probably on the faqs and all that to how to use it how to set it up and all that stuff yes and i'm here if people need help yeah. usually not very many people are asked questions which is good because i have thousands of people out there but uh, even though i work from early until i'm able to keep up with the emails and and answering people's questions uh, the websites and frequently asked questions uh, do a lot on that. But like you say, it, once you understand, it's really quite a simple technology. Yeah. All right, George, I think we got it here. So uh, <laughs> I'm very grateful for you coming on. I use mine every day. Um, I certainly drink the water and most days I breathe it and I'm getting to do it more. So um, I appreciate all you're doing and I think uh, people will certainly check it out. And if they have any questions, I'm sure they can get in touch with you. And it's a wonderful thing you're doing for the world, George. So thanks for I'm coming very, on with me here. I'm very, very grateful to be here. Great. All right. We will be in touch. Thank you.